Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. This is a, again, a non-victorious edition, but a Sunday night where I get to hang out with two buddies, Richie's, uh, Richie Barnes, not Richie Stevenson, Richie Barnes and Freddie Stevenson uh, coming to you guys live the night of game six of the finals. So at least I've got something to look forward to tonight. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Richie, did you just see I had my, well, we don't got Guthrie's here, but it was Kane's. I just had me a box from there. I'm feeling good, man. The double fries, no slow. Got the extra sauce, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah, man, it's, it's been nice. You know, it's a as a Bucks fan, you know, no, no game this week. I haven't watched a minute of football. I've just been, you know, hanging out with the wife, relaxing, and, and you know, enjoying the day. Told her I had to get away for this podcast real quick, but it's you know, it's nice to have a nice relaxing day. Kind of doing just working on the house a little bit and hanging out. My uh, my wife and I. We watched, it was really just me and the kids the entire afternoon. And then my mom came over at about four and I had to go to a wedding. Um, my daughter was a flower girl, super cute, had a great day, but we were just exhausted from the day. So I kind of did the same thing. I mean, I've had red zone on all day, but like we have done absolutely nothing. And I feel like I haven't really cared about any of the games. So it's been pretty, pretty stress free. So we'll stress ourselves out talking about um, Florida State football here to bring it back to a norm. Um, I want to always remind you that Double Fries No Slaw is brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, 1818 West Tennessee Street, 2550 North Monroe. Um, appreciate their support and hope that you're able to support them as well. Keep tagging us in pictures when you go get your gut box, um, your Double Fries No Slaw. Don't tag us in a picture with coleslaw. At least X that part out if you do uh, get the slaw. We have a fun guest tonight. Um, a great guest. We've had him on the Big Three Roll-Up before. Um, but I am excited to welcome to the podcast uh, former Florida State defensive tackle Corey Simon. Corey um, has a podcast as well called Black and Mild. We'll want to chat with him about. But before we get into all that, Corey, how are you doing tonight, man? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, enjoying this beautiful day here in Tallahassee. It's about 80 degrees. Got got some meat on the smoker as, as usual and, uh, and uh, just enjoying the beautiful day outside. Oh yeah, we're a we're a food podcast. If you can't tell, double fries no sauce. So we need to know what you're smoking. Well, what you what you got out there cooking? Well, right now I got a brisket point that's on on the Traeger, and I just pulled some uh, some chicken thighs off the, uh, the big green egg. So um, you know, meat for the week, man. I was I gonna say, is pictures that... on Twitter. They look good, man. It looks good. <laughs> the season is right, man. <laughs> I was wondering if it was for a special occasion, like if you were watching some kind of game at night or but you just eating that all week. I'm oh, man, we, jealous. It, you know what? It, it's <laughs> sometimes you just while well, you got the grills going, you just fire it up and, and cook enough stuff for the week. And that way when you get hungry, you don't have to worry about it, man. You don't have to worry about, you know, ordering out and all that stuff. You just go in there and warm it up and and, and let it ride. I love it. Um, we uh so I'll ask you this before we get into your podcast. I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, you're in Tallahassee. What is uh and Guthrie's is a our major partner uh, sponsor. Tell us, uh, are you a fan of those gut boxes? Do you get them without call? Like, tell us what's going on, man. Man, yeah, I'm I'm a long time fan of gut boxes, man. But I I have to, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, man. I, I just gotta. Uh, one every now and again is all right, man, but I'm getting old, man. I ain't getting any younger. So, you know, too many gut boxes will send me to the graveyard. And I, and I got a 17-year-old I'm still trying to stick around for and, and a wife that that uh, that wants that still wants me around. So uh, I got to lay off the gut boxes. But, uh, oh, absolutely, man. It's it's a Tallahassee staple. You know that. 
Yeah, Freddie uses them for his Gmail every week. So <laughs> he sends us a picture like we're going to be surprised. Hey, guys, guess what I used again for my Gmail? We're like, we know, bro. <laughs> I see um, Freddie on Twitter, man. He's getting it in, getting that work in, man. Dropping MLBs. Hey, it comes off a lot easier when you're younger, man. Without a doubt, I had to get it off, man. I was around, hey, I was around there looking like a three technique for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us, Corey, about your podcast you do with Iris Chauffel and Adrian. Um, talk, talk to us about that, what you guys got going on. Yeah, so myself and Iris and Adrian Crawford, man, we, uh, uh, we've been doing this thing for a few months now, and, and, and really our podcast has very little to do with sports. Adrian being a former basketball player at FSU and myself playing at FSU, and then Iris has been covering the Seminoles for a long time. Um, but we thought it was uh, we thought it was time to to come up with something different um, from the perspective of of just trying to to bring some uh, some some common sense and some nuance to to our political climate uh, to our social climate. Um, everything just kind of operates in extremes these days, and everybody's far here or far there, and and uh, we just try and uh, try and take down the temperature uh, of our our political discourse. And get people to just actually just think and, and, and you know, and, and love people at the end of the day. That's where we come from. That's the position that we come from. And uh, the anxiety that's out there right now is at an all time high. And so uh, we just get people to try and stop and think a little bit. And, and you know, we, 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 put, we sprinkle a little bit of fun in there and, and talk a little sports every now and again. But, man, it's been something that's really been uh, it's been good. We've enjoyed it um, and we've gotten a lot of feedback about it. So it's been a good deal. When does it drop? When when can people find it? Um, so we typically drop about Tuesday afternoons um, is, is when we get it out there, roughly around six, seven o'clock. Uh, a friend of ours uh, puts it out there and, and we drop it on all our social media platforms. Awesome. Awesome. So go go tune in, go find Black and Mild, go to Corey's Twitter, go to iTunes, go find that and support them. Um, I like to have people support what former FSU people that have done a lot for FSU and we've got a lot of enjoyment out of watching you guys play. So that's the least we can do is kind of support what you guys are, are doing. So I'll swing it to Freddie. We'll, we'll, we'll get into some Florida state stuff, but yeah, I'll swing it over to Freddie. Yeah. I know um, with you being an FSU legend, I know you follow the team a lot. What are your thoughts on everything you've seen so far this season? I know it's kind of been tough with the off season we had, didn't really get a spring to prepare for everything, but um what do you think so far from what you've seen from the team? We started off a little slow, but I, I do believe we have been taking some strides forward these past few weeks. Um, what are your thoughts as far as the coaching staff? And last night, I think we had some issues with what we saw on the defense, and there's been a lot of questions as far as the defensive side. Is it the wrong scheme or guys, are they just not making plays? What are your thoughts on things in regards to that? Man, um, well, first off, I, I really I really love this coaching staff. Um when I look back at, at the coaching staffs that we've had in recent years, uh, probably the top staff that we've had in a long time was, was Jimbo's first staff, right? When we had uh, Coach Stoops out there coaching the defense and um, just the staff that he was able to put together uh, during that time was exceptional. Uh, I think they had some really good teachers on that staff. And I think we're back into that mode. I, I think uh, with this coaching staff, you have a lot of teachers, a lot of guys that are holding them uh, to to uh, to a high standard, and that's what you want. You want coaches that are going to push you every single day when you get out and practice, and they're not going to 
allow you to just slack off and and uh, and and you know just waste time. Um, and so I, I like this coaching staff. I, I see some of the things that they're trying to do uh, offensively. You know, it, Mike Norvell's offense is is uh, you know historically always been good, and they're finding their place. I think they found a, a good stop gap uh, measure um, with Travis. Uh, Jordan Travis has done a, an exceptional job. He's tough as nails. Um, and that's what you want. You want that as your quarterback, that guy that's just going to get in the huddle and, and demand, uh, demand the attention of everybody in there and make sure that you're going out and doing your job. And so when you start to look at our offense, man, you see a lot of those young guys start to show up and, and Toa Philly and Webb uh, coming in here and wasn't highly recruited, Juco guy coming in here. He's just a dog, man. You know, you follow those running backs, I'm sure more than anybody, man. And, and to see those guys be able to stick their foot in the ground and, and they don't give, man, they, they, they really, they really pound that rock. And so um, I think the, the, the biggest uh, surprise, and I think most of our fan base will agree with it is just how well our, our offensive line has really um, come together under coach Atkins, man. He, he's, he is hard on those guys. He is, he coaches them every single day. Um, I hear, you know, I hear it coming out of the out of the practices, man. And he's he's there for these kids, but he's gonna coach them hard. And I think they need that, need to be able to see that consistency um, as a coaching staff. And so um, I'm encouraged to see what we're doing offensively. Um, defensively, it's a struggle. It is it has been a huge struggle. Um, and the only thing, and then I'll tell this to, to fans, because the, the easy thing to do is to, to immediately go to a defensive coordinator, right? But what you saw in last night's game is you had guys that were put in positions to make plays. Um, guys that were just flat out missing it in the hole or not getting in the hole. Gap responsibility is, is one of the, the mainstays of any great defense, and, uh, and we don't do that well right now. Um, I think the biggest surprise of this team uh, negatively has been the, the play of our defensive line. Um, I knew we'd struggle a little bit at linebacker, uh, and that's why you're seeing those young guys like Lundy and, and Dix get the get the playing time uh, because the guys like uh, like Rice and Warner um, are struggling. And so you're gonna you're gonna get those guys that are gonna miss gaps uh, in the linebacker position because you're bringing in two young guys that quite frankly, just hadn't played enough football and missed a spring opportunity for those guys to get better. So you've got, you're bringing in true freshmen out there to play football um, in a big game. Um, and, and, and they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to take some wrong holes at times, um, but they're going to play hard and they're going to play fast. And that's what I love seeing about those young guys. Um, I, I just think uh, it's going to take some time for us to flip this roster. Um, you know, I think, uh, when you start to, and, and I hate really jumping on guys because we've all played this, you know, played this game and you're going to make mistakes. And, and that's, that's not my, my deal to, to really bash young players. Um, uh, that's just not how I operate. Um, but we've got to, you know, I, I think right now missing the spring, um, dealing with COVID and, and some of the outbreaks that we've had on this team, guys have missed a lot of practice time. Um, I think that the guy probably that's that's hurt the most um, from the difficulty uh, is is Corey Durden. Uh, there was a lot that was expected out of him coming in this season, and I think he's come in and I, he's he's got to work himself into shape. Right now, he's about three fifteen, and he's coming in. And he's too heavy. Um, that's not his game. He's not a two gap kind of guy. 
Uh, and so when you're carrying that kind of weight, um, it's, it's not going to help you when that's not the type of player that you are. Um, so I think if he's able to get his weight down, um, he'll be a better contributor to this team. I think Marvin has had a very slow start um, in his ability to, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, his body looks much better. Uh, he's, his body looks great, but he's just, he's not making the plays um, that we need him to make, uh, especially in the, in the passing game. And that's been the, 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 the part of, of this roster that has been hurting for a while. Um, we just don't have consistent pass rush. And so you have a, uh, you topple that, you know, you, you, you put that with, with Miko Dobson missing um, most of the, the, uh, uh, the off season, um, which I think he and he and Asante Sammy are your two best corners. And so you, you had trouble in your boundary corner. I think Miko sews that up. And I think you saw last night where he came in last night and he made a couple big plays and he's, he's, he's one of your sure tacklers. Um, on that defense. And, and so, you know, it, it's, it's not a coaching thing. I think these coaches are, are, are putting them in the right positions. They're just, they're just missing plays. I think Janoris last night on that counter play that they kept running, um, you've either got to get all the way under and spill that thing and, 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 and bounce it, or you've got to squeeze. And he was somewhere in the middle um, a lot of times on that counter play. And then we just flat out missed tackles. I think Jaden Lars Wisby coming back from, uh, coming back from that knee injury has been slowed a bit. Um, and so he looks a little bit apprehensive at times, uh, knowing where to fill gaps and play downhill. And uh, that's the kind of defense this is. This is a downhill defense. And if you don't play downhill and you're not getting the domination up front from your front four, um, and then you put young linebackers behind them um, that are still trying to feel their way around, you're going to struggle. And so, uh, you know, I say all that to say, um, there's a there's a there's a tremendous uh, opportunity every single day these guys get to step out on the field, and I think they'll get better and better as the season goes by, and folks will start to see that improvement. But it's got to start up front with our front four, um, and it's got to start uh, you know with with that with that group and, and and see where we go from there. But I think once we start to to start to believe in in uh, in what they're doing out there, um, and that's the biggest thing. Players have to have to you know buy in to the system and go out there and, uh, and, and then start making plays. Cause when you miss tackles and we saw a boatload of them last night, that, that game was played in a phone booth. It wasn't like Ian book went out there and just aired it out. That game was played in a phone booth and there was a lot of missed tackles. That's why you started, saw the start of the second half and, and Woodby's on the bench and, and Gantz in the, in the game, uh, number 44 came in because there was so many opportunities there that were just missed tackles uh, that we can't have and be a good defensive team. Yeah, with this um, team coming into the year, just the past few years, we've had an issue with responding to adversity. And last night, I think, despite all of our defensive struggles, this was the first time in a while I've seen this team put up a fight. And I'm not really for the moral victories, but when you're trying to change a culture, a losing culture, I think that's a that's a big step in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on – that because that goal line stand we had at the end of the game, the game's over. But to take that pride and just decide we're not going to allow them to score, that was major to me. I'm I'm in there cheering up like we won the game just because I'm seeing my team like they're taking some steps forward. Yeah, and and, and I think that's that's a tribute to this coaching staff and and what they've started to instill in these guys that they didn't roll over and just let Notre Dame roll in there for another touchdown. 
uh, that was huge. And that was that was a big stop. And I think it's something that, you know, it, it'll it'll be a little footnote in this season as they progress. But it's one that I'll look back on as, as a former player and say, you know, that was that was big, big for these guys to be able to take that step. I mean, you you look at, you know, I, I, I get so upset kind of, you know, dealing with our fan base, right? Our fan base can be uh, can be very, very tough. And I get it. I mean, um, the number of winning seasons that Florida State has had, we are blue blood in this program, uh, in this game. Um, we've won championships. We've, we've had undefeated seasons. So I get the expectation. But I, I, I caution folks to understand Listen, they didn't fire the last uh, last uh, coaching staff after two years because we were really good, because we had really good players. They fired them because we weren't good enough. And that doesn't change overnight. That that takes time uh, to develop. And, and you know, the, the, the other side on defense, the thing that we just can't lose, the, the fact that number five on defense, Nasruddin, he is an eraser. He, he erased a lot of bad plays. Um, for this defense last year and not having them out there um, to be that, you know, that, that seven, eighth man in the box um, has been, has been a tremendous loss uh, for this defense. But man, I, I'm encouraged at some of the things that I saw the response at our offense. I mean, we went out there and we gave up quick touchdown and we're down 14, uh, you know, 14, three. And then we, you know, we go out there and we put up a touchdown and we come back and we're actually leading uh, you know, Notre Dame, 17-14. And so, man, that's those are tremendous strides that I think, you know, we, we take for granted because of the history of this program. But th- that's not this team, you know. The 99 championship, the 93 championship, 2013 championship teams, that's not this team. Uh, and so the expectation um, to be those teams right now is uh, you're just setting yourself up to be really upset and really disappointed um, because it took time to develop those teams. Um, there was a big gap between winning the championship in, in, in 1999 uh, with, with one of my teams to winning a championship in 2013 with you guys. So um, that's a huge gap uh, of things that, that went right and things that went wrong. And right now we're just in, we're in a down, we're in a down time where we're going to have to flip the roster and get some players in here that believe in uh, what this coaching staff is doing. Yeah, and you you know the obviously we're all frustrated with the struggles on defense, especially up front. But I think one thing all fans should be really encouraged with, and you touched on this a little bit, Corey, is the offensive line. You know they, they've had players go down, they've had to work a di- bunch of different combos. But man, it seems like Alex Atkins is earning his paycheck, and I'm afraid he's going to be gone pretty soon because that, that guy's got head coach written all over him. But just a, the offensive line. A, to me, they, they've exceeded what I thought they could be so far this year. And there's, you know, advanced metrics that, to show that to where at one point Florida State was, you know, fifth in the nation or so heading into this game in seconds until pressure on passing downs. So clearly they're doing something right. Um, what have you seen on the turnaround up front on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I think they've got some some guys, one that are athletes. I, I think you got Scott who's starting at right tackle right now, who's a young guy that they're waiting on to kind of get healthy. Um and he stepped in and he's been big. I don't know. You know, folks don't notice offensive linemen until offensive linemen make mistakes. Right. That's the only time their names get gets called is when they screw up. Um, and so when you don't hear about your offensive linemen during the course of a game by name, that means they've done their job. And, and, and uh, you know, I think last night was one of those opportunities where 
where they did their job. There wasn't a whole, whole lot of those silly penalties that we've had in the past, uh, procedural penalties that we've had that have really uh, put us in bad situations. Um, and I think the more that they can continue to grow as a unit, um, because offensive linemen, it's it, it's not, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you have five great offensive linemen if they can't work together, right? You look back at the offensive lines that, that Tom Brady had when he was in New England, and you can't name a player off of those guys, off those lines. Uh, but every year, Tom was protected. Um, you know, he's he's dealing with it now over in over in uh, in Tampa, and folks are figuring out the names of those offensive linemen in Tampa because they can't protect him very well. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I look at this offensive line, and, and the less you hear their names, the better off the the better off we are as a team. Uh, because they're doing their job. And, and I like what I'm seeing. I mean, I just like dogs, man. That's, that's just me. I like guys that want to bury guys. Um, and, and we'll get to that point. Uh, I, I think with a great offensive line coach, and I think we have that recruiting guys, once guys start to – because at the end of the day, high school players don't want to come play for losers, right? You, you, there's a reason why Clemson is what Clemson is now, because they, they're winning. Um, Ohio State because they win, Alabama because they win, um, you know. So we'll get those players, um, and, and once we get these players in here, I, I see this program taking off, man. But I love what I'm seeing from this offensive line thus far. And, and I think one thing that excites me and, and encourages me encourages me the most about the future with Mike Norvell. He he wants to have an identity as a power run team. Like he he's made that clear. Um, you talk to, you know, any expert, they're going to say Notre Dame has one of the top five, you know, defensive fronts in the country, probably. And Norvell had those players believing, no, we're going to line up and run it down their throats. And they had some success, not as much as we'd like to see. But one thing I've loved, it, it, it does seem, especially last night, the team is taking that identity, right? You saw Tamari and Terry, you know, blocking outside on the edge. You saw LaDamian Webb, when he's not touching the ball, he's going to find someone to go hit. Yes. Like he, he, he's, he removed a player out of one play. Um, I think it was a it was a draw read for Travis and, and Webb's that were sprinting out just find somebody to hit. For me, that that's exciting because that that's this is only four games in. What's it going to look like when it's fourteen games in? Um, so that that's that's something I, I'm happy to see the players kind of. It seems like they're starting to you know take it and take on that identity. You see that with your quarterback. I mean, they you know especially you know last week against you know not as much this week. They didn't run that toss a whole lot this week. Uh, but when you look at that Jacksonville State, you know, they run that toss and and you see your quarterback getting out there to get a block. I mean, and, and cut some guys off. I mean, that's you know, those are guys that are buying into a program and they're seeing some success. I think the hardest part over these last few years is guys weren't seeing the success on the field. Right. We, we would struggle and then there would be no real change. And that happened, you know, and that was happening consistently. And I think guys, when they went into the Jacksonville State game and they said, okay, well, we, we finally been able to put up some points. Oh, okay. So what he's doing is working. Oh, and now we have a quarterback that, you know, is not gun shy and he's going to go out there and he's tough and he's going to take some hits and he's going he's gonna to deliver some blows. Oh, man, we got a, we got a shot. And that's what you saw, a team that felt like they had a shot stepped out on the field. And confidence is half the battle, man. Once you... You know, Freddie, you know, I mean, when 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 you step out on the field, when you feel like you're that guy. That is that you don't know what that does to the, the guy in front of you. I mean, I tell this to kids all the time. And it's when I when I figured it out and, you know, when my my junior year in high in, in college that 
I couldn't be blocked and I didn't care what you did or who you were. It was hell on everybody else at that point because I have already made it up in my mind that you weren't good enough and you weren't going to change my mind unless you whipped my behind. And, that, and I wasn't going to allow that to happen. And so I think the more of that mentality that really gets into these guys, that's where you'll start to, but you got to have that success, but that's where you'll start to really build a program because heck you look at 2013, Freddie, you, you know, that team, you guys went out there and you ran through everybody. And then 20, you know, 2014, you know, you kind of, it was like, we go out there because we know at some point we'll turn it on. We'll win. You know, I, I don't care what you jump out. I don't care if you go get, score 21 points. We're going to win the game because it was all confidence. And, and that's what this team is trying to build. Or can you talk to us a little bit about your time at FSU? Um wildly successful career ended up as a first round draft pick obviously finished your career um with a national championship can you talk to us a, a little bit about um what it was like maybe playing for coach Bowden and then you know not a lot of guys get to walk off into the sunset and and win their their last game like that what does that mean to you man you know what it means a whole lot more to me now as an old guy you know at 43 if it, it 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 feels a lot different now than it did in in 1999 um you know i i i just thought that's what we were supposed to do we were you know after losing the championship in 98 um my whole reason for coming back was to to win it all and so um you know it was every day was just a part of the process there was never any doubt that we would win it all um, it was just going in every single day and competing, right? It's, it's those, it's those nine on seven periods. It's those goal line defense periods. It's, it's all of the things that make up the process, right? And that was, that was Mickey's, that was his lifeblood, um, to see all the success that he had and all the time that was here. It was, we were preparing to be the best in practice. And then it just spilled over into the game. Right. What we competed against every single day in, pa- in practice was the competition. That was the hard part. The games were fun. That was just the cherry on top. And, and, and that's what it was like, you know, with Coach Bowden, because when you step foot through those doors, everybody was an All-American. You know, I, I played with Andre Wadsworth. I played with Peter Bowen. I played with, uh, you know, Orpheus Roy was a player that, you know, you go back and you watch these guys and Bernard Wilson and Greg Spires. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on of the number of great players that I played with during my time here. And, and I had to watch and, and learn and, 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 and earn my time um, to get a chance to succeed. But that was what built uh, this program. It wasn't just Corey Simon, you know, becoming, you know, a, a really good player. It was Corey Simon learning behind Andre Wadsworth and seeing how he played the game and then taking bits and pieces from all the great players that were on those defenses at the time and trying to institute it in my own game. Uh, and and that's, what, that's the atmosphere that Coach Bowden cultivated here for so many years. It was laundry list of great players that you got a chance to learn from and play with um, and compete against. Uh, that made you better um, because we always felt like we had the best players in the country. And, and when you have that at practice, it gives you a, a level of uh, um, a level of confidence 
when you step out on the field against anybody else. Um, what advice could you give young players? Because you just talked to us about how you had to sit for a little bit. We're living in the day and age of where guys, they're highly touted. They're being told how great they are. And if they don't play right away, they want to transfer. So what advice could you give these young guys? Because you see it all the time at schools like Alabama. These guys sit for two, three years, and then they come in in their first-round picks. So um, what advice could you have for these young guys just sitting back and learning and just waiting until you're ready before stepping out on that field? Yeah. So I am never one to say sit back and learn, right? Always push forward and learn on the go. So, as you know, I, I look at my, my junior year um, here. I was a backup. I, I backed up Larry Smith, um, who ended up playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, an exceptional player in his own right. I, I was a backup. I was the third defensive tackle that year and managed to make All-American that year as, a, as the backup. Um, it, it wasn't that I was sitting back and waiting. I was pressing because me pressing made the guys in front of me better. I just had to be ready. I had to be ready. And, and, and when you come out of high school, especially if you're an All-American, you think that you're ready. Especially in, in, inside guys, it's a, different, if a, it's a different game. It's a different speed. You know, it's strength, maturity, learning the game. All of those things are part of, of the maturation process um, that develop you into the player that you're going to be, not the player that you are. And a lot of guys come out of high school and, and, you know, it, it wasn't as bad back in the, in the early nineties, right? Because we didn't have ESPN uh, this and ESPN that, and we didn't have the, the star ratings, right? There was no four star and three star and five star players. You were all American on somebody's all American list. And that was the extent of it. So there was no ranking system. So when you step foot on a campus, you didn't come with all of this hype, like they do now, like these kids, you know, they, they come with so much hype, you know, you go to the social media and they got 30, 40,000 followers out of high school. And it's like, okay, well, I must be the, I must be important. I must be the guy because so many people follow me because somebody ranked me a five-star. But if you step foot on that campus and you don't bring a five-star game, those stars go away. Once you step foot on a college campus, nobody gives a dog on how many stars you had. The fans talk about that. The coaches don't. How many, how many, how many conversations did you have with your coach, you know, Freddie, that that talked about how many stars a player had? That's that zero. <laughs> exactly. They don't have that conversation. Once once you sign on the dotted line, those stars go away, and now you got to earn your stripes. That's what it comes down to. And and so Young players have to be willing to earn those stripes. And, um, you know, it, it's – I'm never going to knock a, a player for transferring because, you know what, that's – heck, coaches lead. So I'm not going to knock that – I'm not going to knock that hustle at all. Um, but be willing to work, man, and come in, be humble, serve, and then go out there and just practice hard, play hard, and, uh, and folks will start to take notice. Corey, so Corey uh, I was, go ahead. Damn it. So I, I was 11 years old when, uh, in that Fiesta Bowl against Tennessee. Mm. And I mean, I was heartbroken that night. And my dad looks at me, he's like, don't worry, son, they're going to come back and they're going to win it next year. So it, it's okay. And he said it was so much confidence. 
Um, and I hate to play the hypothetical, but let's say Chris Winkie plays that game. You guys beat Tennessee. Do you think you and P-Dub are coming back for that 2000 season? I can say yes for me. I, I come back. Uh, Pete, no. I think Pete, I think <laughs> Pete definitely lit, left. You know, for for him, it was the game. It was it was winning the championship. For me, it was more the legacy um, yeah. for me. Um, you know, it, that's how I felt. I, I, I felt that God wasn't done using me in, in the program. Um, and so it was never really, it, it was never even a thought. As a matter of fact, I didn't know how highly uh, the NFL thought of me from a draft prospect standpoint until my senior year. And then I, you know, and I was going through the whole process uh, of talking to teams and they're like, Corey, if you'd have came out last year, you'd have been the first defensive tackle off the board. And I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I, I just didn't one social media wasn't out there like that. And uh, you know, back then, and, and two, I just, I, I didn't listen to all of the other stuff. I didn't surround myself with a bunch of, you know, folks that are going to pat me on the back. I didn't listen to agents. As a matter of fact, my junior year, I didn't even talk to agents. Um, it wasn't even on, on my mind. Um, heck, I, for me, I, you know, my mom worked, you know, worked extremely hard and put in 60, 70 hours a week. And, and uh, she never put the pressure on me to, to have to take care of uh, our family. Um, and so, heck, I, I'd, I'd rub two pennies together for a long time and one more year wasn't going to make a, make a big difference to, to me trying to make it happen. Um, Cause I just wanted to win, man. I, I, I just, I love being a Florida state Seminole. I love playing here. When I got here, the goal wasn't to hurry up and get out of here and get to the NFL. When I stepped foot on campus and I wanted to win a national championship. And, and I think that part of it has changed a bit. I think you, you get the guys that come in here with the mentality uh, and it's okay as long as you don't allow that mentality to take over um, your pursuits uh, for a team, um, you know, team success. Um, but I, I, the NFL didn't become really, um, you know, a, a thought to me until my senior year when, you know, well, what's next is the NFL. That's what comes after college. And so that's when I started to really focus on it. Um, but it was, it was winning first. Yeah. So, so I was lucky enough to cover the team for the FSU, the school paper and scout um, when I was at Florida state. And one of the coolest things was getting to interview Bobby Bowden in his, in his golf cart after practice every day. But one of the coaches I always loved interviewing and uh, grew up loving was Mickey Andrews. And you got to play for him. Any good Mickey stories from a practice? Cause I feel like the, the good Mickey stories typically come from practice with, uh, with you guys. So all of the good Mickey stories, uh, they, they are not for fan consumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's it like just going, you, you're playing for a legend, man. You know, he's a legend <laughs> while you're playing for him. So it's easy to take in everything he says and what you're doing. So he, he's just always been one of my favorite coaches. So I love hearing anything anyone has to say about him. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey, I, I love Mickey to death. Actually, he lives right around the corner from me. Um, and we see each other quite often, man, but, Mickey didn't care who you were. He didn't care what your, uh, you know, what the, what the media said about you. He didn't care. I remember one day um, Andre Wadsworth, who, you know, Andre for, you know, up until Jameis was drafted, Andre was the highest draft pick in, in Florida state history going number two. And 
uh, I remember Dre was out of practice one day and he had a class and Dre was an exceptional, exceptional student. And he had an evening class. Well, we were taking the pads off because it was time to do conditioning. And so you see Andre walking off the field, getting ready to head to class because he had an evening class and Mickey is screaming up the field. Where are you going? Where are you? No, it's, it's not time to leave. And, and, and we're like, oh, hold on. I mean, you know, this is Andre Wadsworth, right? What, what, he's not one, one, he's not one to duck out on work. That's just never been who he was. Dre came in here as a walk in at, walk on at 217 pounds and, and worked his way up uh, to 285 pounds and, you know, 6% body fat it was just a God. When you, when you look at him, his stature um, and played to that level. Um, and so, but just to see Mickey, you know, be critical um, and his expectations for greatness was to be held accountable and be there every day. And he didn't care who you were. He didn't care what your name was. Once you stepped foot on that field, you were a Seminole and the name on, uh, you know, they, they didn't, you know, he didn't care if it was Andre. Um, you got to finish the work. Now, Dre managed to get on out of there and go to class, but it was the, and, and I think Mickey, you know, I, when you walk off the field, now Mickey off the field is totally different than Mickey on the field, but, you know, he understood. Dre had class and Dre was going to go to class, but I think it was the perfect teaching opportunity for him to let everybody else know on that roster that no no one person is bigger than this team. Um, and and that wasn't Dre's, and Dre's intention at all, um, but it was a teachable moment uh, for the rest of us that if he's going to call Andre out, none of us are, you know, all of us got to be here and be held accountable. Your last um, game of your career, we talked about you won the national championship um, against one of the best athletes that many of us have ever seen play against Michael Vick. You had a sack in that game. Uh, you met Mike a couple of years later um, in the playoffs and got a sack when you guys beat them uh, in 2000. Or was that just the very next year? Yeah, if I'm thinking of that, yeah. right? No, no, that was 2000, 2002. Uh, 2002, yeah, the year you – yeah, we won't talk about what happened next. But, I'm a Bucks, but we're all Bucks fans here, so that's why we won't talk about it. But, um, man, Michael Vick was so, so incredible. I know that we just totally changed lanes from, from Mickey Andrews to Michael Vick. But uh, what was it like getting – like sacking Michael Vick? Like, again, just the most unbelievable athlete ever and playing against that guy. Man, it, it's so gratifying when you've been chasing a guy around all night, <laughs> get your hands on him, man. It, it, it is, I mean, shoot, it, it, it's, it's just that it, it's gratifying, man. It's like, I've been, I've been running after you for the last, you know, however long and I finally catch up to you. And uh, I'm just mad. I didn't get to get a kill shot on him. I, I mean, I'm on kill shot, but you know, getting them on the ground is getting them on the ground, man. It's, I, you know, it, it, that's, that's a tough thing to do, man. You know, folks talk about what Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson is right now. Um, and he is all that in a bag of chips, but the, the, uh, I, I think the, uh, the original, well, not so much the original, he was, he's, he's the original is Charlie Ward. Uh, the original is a no, no question about it, but, but just the amount of talent, um, that Vic had, it, it's just, he was running at a different speed, man. He was at a different speed. And even 
playing him in that 99 uh, Sugar Bowl, it was like we felt like we had enough speed on our defense to contain him until you see him on the field. And then you realize, oh, like he's, oh, like he's built different. <laughs> and, and that's, uh, and that's, and that's him, man. You know, he was, he was just built different and had a can in the boot. Like he could flat out throw that ball. So yeah. it was always, it was always fun. It was always fun competition. Actually that day when I got that sack, that was the day my son was born. Um, mm. so my son was born at five fifteen that morning and then we played Vic that night. And, uh, and so that was, that was huge to, to be able to put my hands on him uh, on the day my son was born. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I want to switch lanes before we get you off here real quick. Cause I, I told you before, uh, Han, I, I kind of listened to uh, black and mild. So I know you're kind of the grill master of the, of the, uh, program. So what's your favorite cut of steak in the best way to prepare it? Cause I've heard of you, you know, the reverse sear, you know, I, I like the reverse sear. I, you, have you tried sous vide? Like what, what's your style, man? Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a sous vide guy. Um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't tried it. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but man, it's just something about that smoke coming from those chimneys on, on a cooker, man. I, I'm, I'm, I am there for the grill all day, every day. That's what I love to do, man. It's, it's peaceful. And really, it, it really started. So I, I've run our pop Warner program here in, in town. Um, and I have, I've been doing this for the last, uh, gosh, since 2012, I've been the president of Big Ben Pop Warner, and uh, my predecessor would, would always work the grill. He would cook the hot dogs and hamburgers and all of that stuff. And I would tell him, I'm like, dude, when I take this thing over, I'm not working the grill. I'm not standing over a grill every Saturday all day. And uh, and then when I took over, I would stand over the grill every Saturday cooking hot dogs and hamburgers. And I just realized just how much peace is at the grill. Because when parents are losing their minds, uh, because their kid didn't win or their kid got cut and, you know, somebody hit him and she didn't like or he didn't like how his, how their kid was hit. Nobody messes with me at the grill. And uh, and so that's 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 my peaceful. That's the peaceful place for me. And so a ribeye, you know, two inch, two and a half inch ribeye, a cowboy ribeye on, on, a, on a smoker reverse sear is the way to go for me. So I pull it out about. 129 or so what's your temperature for so the next time i'm trying this what, what am i looking for oh i'm i'm there i'm 120 i'm 125 all day i pull it about one you know i'm a i like rare you know i'm i'm a rare steak eater man you cook your your steak anything past you know, i give you medium rare you go anything past that you just ruin the cut of meat ruins it yep <laughs> i i'm trying to tell uh, uh jacoby mcdaniel and listen, and Jacoby gets on his cooking tip, and I have to I have to hit him up on uh, on 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 Twitter. Or, or I don't put him on blast on Twitter. I'll text him and let him know, man. You you just hammered that you just hammered that meal right there. Take take a little bit of heat off that thing. Nothing offends me more than going to a nice restaurant and someone ordering a well done steak. <laughs> oh man, man, I, I could have took my shoe off and gave it to you if that's what you want to eat. <laughs> just get chicken. Just get chicken. Chicken's really good. Well done. Like just get chicken. Yeah, I I don't even eat like yeah, I don't know about well done. I I take my my, my chicken thighs to about one sixty five, man. And you cook all the juice out of it, man. Come on, I ain't trying to break. I ain't trying to make a hockey puck. <laughs> man, Corey, thank you. You guys have anything else before we get out here? Or, yeah, I mean, uh, you said, um, the grill is uh, your piece, your place of peace. 
Um, I'm a little different. I'm that guy that when um y'all y'all on the grill, I'm that guy. My pieces give me a plate, so um, <laughs> I might have to link up with you next time I'm in Tallahassee to see what you're working with because. When I got sticking that slicing that steak up and sticking my fork into it, that's my place of peace. So hey. we're gonna have to wake up. Anytime, brother. I'm always I'm always game to feed feed a no, man. House is always open. Corey, we appreciate you so much for hanging out tonight. Are you a, are you an NBA guy? You're watching the finals. Do you have a pick for the game tonight? I know that's really I think the Lakers, but. I think the Lakers will win it all. Um I, I don't even think it's you know it's NBA has been real different this year, man. It's been kind of hard to kind of get into. And I think with this whole bubble, um, you know, it's, it's been really hard to kind of get into a little bit, man. But uh, I, I think the Lakers, I'm a longtime Laker fan. I'm more of a, uh, I'm a Kobe fan. Um, Me too, bro. So, yeah. Yeah. You're rocking it, man. I, I'm a, I'm a diehard. Kobe was that guy yeah. for me. So, you know, yeah. I always love to see the Lakers win it, and and the fact that they're back on top is good for the NBA. I told I've told this story a million times. Yeah, when you guys, I was nine years old when you guys won the title, and then the next year the Lakers win three in a row. And then I'm sorry for this, but then the next year the Bucks win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, year after that, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. I thought my teams were never going to lose. Right, like I was just like, man, it, being a and I was like eight, nine, ten years old. Right, ten to thirteen. And you don't have no perception of like how the world works. I was just like, man, I picked all the best teams. And then you go from like 2004 to not until Jamison that morning. You're like, man, all my teams suck. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what is going on here? But yeah, it's, it's nice that they're finally back a little bit. But I'm telling you, that was very that, that kid with those unrealistic expectations got brought back down to earth really hard. <laughs> oh man, it, it it it'll happen to you. It listen, nothing will humble you like sports. Oh man. Sports will sports will humble you, man. I, I grew up a Laker fan and, and a Braves fan. So right now, at least on the pro side of things, Braves are playing lights out, going on to the oh. NLCS, man, and, and and the Lakers will I think wrap up a championship tonight. So I'm just waiting on my nose to return back to uh true seminal form and uh and enjoy enjoy the ride, man. No better time than now. We got a top ten opponent. Um real quick, are we gonna beat North Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. Love All it. Right, let's go. Let's go. You heard it here. Never first. any doubt. I don't. I don't never pick us to lose. What? What kind of guys? What kind of no does that? Both these guys. Us. Both these guys right here. Come <laughs> on, man. Hey. Yeah, t for, for the record, TJ picked Notre Dame to win by the biggest margin of anyone on here. I picked the smallest margin, so I think I win this weekend. So one of my best friends is is a is a uh, fighting Irish guy. He uh, got Paul Grassmanis that played for Notre Dame uh, in the early '90s, and uh, one of my best friends. And he he shoots me a text last night. He's like, "Hey." Drinks on drinks on you if uh, you guys lose. I say, hey, drinks on you when we win. So that's just my mindset, man. I, I ain't yeah. never rooting against my nose, man. I just can't do it. Let's go. I love it, man. I'm here for the win tonight. I'm here for the win next Saturday. So, Absolutely. Corey Simon, thank you so much for hanging out, man. Appreciate all you've done uh, for FSU. And thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you, buddy. Corey. Sure, appreciate you. So are y'all's phones blowing up about Dak Prescott right now? I'm watching it. I'm watching it live. I no, didn't see the play anything. because I didn't see the play because it's, you know, I'm not watching. I'm just kind of yeah. peeking over at the score every few minutes. But, yeah, I've seen on the timeline that he may have broken his ankle, looked pretty gross, lower leg for sure. 
I got um, like 30 texts about it. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, prayers up to prayers up to Dak. That is uh that's brutal. You know, you say whatever you want about any of these guys, but Dak just seems like a, yeah. a good guy. And he's in a contract um, year. Contract year, really oh. frustrating, I'm sure. But I mean, I mean, it's definitely a setback right now, but I mean he'll he'll rebound. I mean, whether it's in Dallas or wherever, I mean somebody yeah, there's a lot of lot of bad starting quarterback play. A lot of teams would love to have him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he can count to four and know what down it is to play for my team next year. You know, we'll see. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Chiefs lost to the Raiders today. I mean, come on. It, it's a weird year. The Bucks will be fine. We're what five games in. I'm not worried. Five games in. Can't go eight and six will get us to the playoffs. Three three. Ten, Ten and six, six. will get us to the playoffs. I think that, and we talked about this. I think they're going to lose to Green Bay. I think they're going to lose to Kansas City. Could they be one Kansas of those teams City right now? I don't know about Kansas City right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, Oakland's not a bad team. Oakland Bucks beat them this year. We didn't play Oakland this year. Oh, we're gonna not play. Oakland. We're gonna beat them. Uh, and there is Las You're Vegas. Las Vegas. You're like Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Las Vegas isn't a bad team. They beat the Saints, who we lost to. Didn't they nearly beat the Patriots, or did they beat the Patriots as well? If they did, it was without Cam. So. No, the Patriots. The Patriots beat them. Yeah, okay. but then yeah. they play them to like a like a close game. They played well against the Patriots, beat the Saints, beat the Chiefs. Las Vegas isn't a bad team. Oh, they beat the Panthers in that game that I was watching. First game of the year. Um, Panthers, Patriots, it all sounds the same. Um, but yeah, prayers up to Dak, because that is that is not exciting to see. Um, so let me ask you guys his takes before we get back into football. Uh, do you have LA winning tonight? Yeah, I think they'll pull it out tonight. Um I think we're going to see a game seven this and I, I don't want to I, if I could pick I'd rather the Lakers win it tonight um, just because uh, I have a group of like really really good friends that I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning to probably 150 unread text messages because I don't plan on watching this uh, well actually it's at 730 today right yeah, yeah so all right so I actually will watch this my phone's gonna be blowing up the whole time and I, I don't need that on a weeknight for a game seven because that'll make it 10 times worse so come on go finish it out but I I have a feeling the the Heat are going to find a way to push this to seven, and I think the NBA needs a game seven right now. Their their ratings are hurting right now, so I, I think they want a game seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how much. I mean, they have a better ratings the next game. I don't know how much it makes things better or not. I mean, we'll see. But um, yeah, I hope they end it tonight because I don't need three more days of stress. So. Um, <laughs> Man, what I want to talk about from this Notre Dame game real quick, and if you're watching this, you can share, like, retweet it, um, tag a friend, all those things. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play in the morning or uh, whenever this week, if you can rate, review, share it um, to your social media, share it in your group messages and your uh, friend groups and tell somebody about the good work that we're doing here. Um, we would certainly appreciate it. The one thing I want to talk about from the game um, – Let's hit out some game balls. We didn't do this last night, uh, and I want to go first. Uh, offense is Jordan Travis. Uh, Jordan Travis outplayed Ian Book. Uh, very similar stat lines, minus Book having an extra touchdown and Travis having that interception in garbage time. Uh, but then when you throw in Travis's rushing yards, I think that he outplayed Ian Book uh, by far, uh, and he also did more with less. So game ball on offense, to me, goes to Jordan Travis. I know that Terry played well, too. I'm sure somebody, one of you guys will pick him, but – uh, I uh, I thought Jordan Travis was fantastic uh, last night. I'm going to go with LaDamian Webb. 
Um, and this might be a little bit of a carryover from the last game too, but talk about a young guy that the light bulb is kind of turned on. And I mentioned it when we had Corey on earlier, my favorite highlights from Webb last night were when he didn't have the ball. It's just watching him. He says, you know, it's easy if you're running back say, I know I'm not getting the ball. Like I'll run out there and try and you know, touch somebody. No, he, he looks like he really wants to put someone on their ass every single time he, he's out there going for a block. Um, he's the type of guy that you, you hope he's a vocal leader because if he is that that stuff is contagious man he, he is just such an high effort high energy player i think he's gonna have a really good career at florida state i'm excited to see him so I, i'm going with webb what about you freddie i'm finna switch it up a little bit in i'm going with coach atkins um there we for, go for the past few years we've been seeing our o-line on come on man getting completely torched by the espn crew and we had a lot of questions coming into this year but I mean, they've been holding their own. They've developed. They've grown over the season. And last night, our, our offensive line outperformed our defensive line that we thought would be the star of this team going into the season. So, Coach Atkins, shout out to you. Um, you've done a great job with these guys. And, dang, hey, you're earning that paycheck, man. I, I'll say that much. Shout out to you. Definitely get a game ball for this game, man. I hope we continue to grow, and I'm excited to see how these guys progress along the season. Yeah, I didn't think we'd cut. I didn't think we'd put up 26 on Notre Dame. Um, if you, if you would have given me a line of you know 25 and a half, I would have spent a lot of money on the under probably. Um, and the offensive line was a big reason. You know, we had the one long ball to Terry, but a lot of it was just sustained success. That's the reason we actually we talked about it before the game. We wanted to get to the third quarter and feel like we still had a chance, and we did. Right. We knew it wasn't over. And it wasn't like the Clemson game when it's, you know, 42 to 10 at halftime or whatever it was. Um, or the Miami game when at halftime we had no hope at all. At halftime, you know, we were down 15, but we knew we were getting the ball. So again, there's that hope. Um, so they are showing that progress. It's only one week. If if North Carolina blows you out this weekend, you know, that that's a step back. But I, I don't see that happening. I, I'm I'm not ready to pick Florida State to win just yet. Give me a few more days, but I do think progress is being made, and I'm excited to see a shootout uh, under the lights at Duke this weekend, which is what I think is going to happen. I'd like to see a little bit more defense played in that game. Um, Would be, yeah, like you said, we got to we got to halftime, and I think at halftime you you kind of knew that we were in it, right? You knew that we weren't yeah. going to win, but I thought we had a great, great chance right before the end of the half, and kind of some weird clock management. Um, in some throwing decisions as opposed to running would kind of existed. I really think that, man, it would have been such a big, big win if we could have gone to the half um, down one score, because then yeah. you just never know what happens. Right. What I will say is I think the final score ends up being pretty similar um, just because I, I think Notre Dame really took their foot off the gas in the second half. Um, you know, if they'd have wanted to score more, they probably could have. So I don't think it really made the result too much different. Um, but football's weird, you know. None of us would have said, "Yeah, I expect us to score 14 unanswered and lead this thing 17 to 14." So you go to the half down eight, you know, down one score. Then who knows? You know, maybe they miss a field goal on that drive. Maybe they get the three and out on that drive. Maybe you know you force another fumble or or whatever. So I mean, football is just a weird sport where um, you know all sports are weird, right? Where one team can be dominating and end up losing the game, um, you know. So yeah, I mean, hopefully the defense shows up a little more. Do you have a defensive game ball? Who, who do you like on that side of the ball? I'll, 
I'll give it to Brennan Gant. I thought he came off the bench unexpectedly and he just looks like a football player. And again, it sounds cliche in it, but he looked like he was just out there. He wasn't, he was looking to hit somebody, you know, he was playing defense the way that you want it to be played. I think he made a few mistakes, but you know, everyone's making mistakes on defense right now. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with Brennan Gant and, and I may have stole him from uh, Freddie. Cause that's, that's your Polk County guy. Yeah, he, um, he always comes in there with, Reckless abandon. He's trying to take somebody's head off. He plays that old school way. He definitely could have played back in the days. But um, I'm gonna go with the guy that forced the only turnover of the game. Um, Amari Gannon. I'm, he's he's always shining out there on the field. So I'm gonna go with him. The only turnover of the game. Um, and that stood out. That got us on a little run. And I think it got the guys believing early. So I'm gonna go with him, even though the defense struggled along the game. The game. I think that was big in our growth process to finally. Force a turnover when teams were questioning this team. I think that got us rolling in this game and started getting guys more confident that we can actually compete. Yeah, we talked about Florida State. We talked about with Tim O'Malley, Florida State had to have um, all of the things break right for them, right, to, to, to win this game or to have a chance. Um, and they had a lot of things break right for them, right, yeah. starting the game um, like we did with the turnover, you know. Um didn't stay that way. The better team won in the end. I'm not here for the moral victory bullcrap either, but improvement was shown, right? That's what, you know, that's what Florida State fans feel good about. So I feel bad and I'm disappointed. And I'm frustrated in the state of the program, but the state of the program didn't, that didn't change. Like that didn't come about Saturday night. Like I didn't learn anything negative about Florida State on Saturday night. I knew where the program was going in and I feel better because I feel like the trajectory is somewhat changing, right? Somewhat rising. It's really tough to know that when you play a, a good Miami team or an above average Miami team and they beat you 52 to 10, and then you play an FCS opponent and, and beat them soundly, right? It's tough to know how much improvement you truly made because of the different caliber of athletes. Um, but I think Notre Dame and Miami are very, very comparable. Notre Dame's probably better than Miami. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously Miami just got their heads beat in by Clemson. You know, I hate the transitive thing, but I, I think that Notre Dame probably beats Miami or loses to Clemson by less, probably beats Miami on a neutral field. But I think we saw improvement. We saw the trajectory. What we thought was the trajectory rising against Jacksonville State continued to rise this weekend. And now it needs to culminate in a win, right? We'll talk more about North Carolina this week on Thursday night, but it needs to culminate in a win. I'm, you know, I'm not to the point of being able to predict this as a win just yet. Like Richie said, I probably will as we get closer <laughs> into the weekend. Um, or just go out there and look respectful, right? I hate this loser blood mentality, but if you go out in North Carolina with the better quarterback and the better team beats you by three, and they beat you by three. You just can't come out and get blown out this week. You can't let everything that happened on Saturday night just be about Notre Dame's mistakes or about you getting up for one big game. You got to get up for North Carolina. I mean, you really need to win the game. At the very least, you need to play, you know, keep it respectable and, and be in it the entire game. Have a chance at the end. Can't go down big. Um, you know, North Carolina game is going to be huge. Richie's talked about this season being split up now. Um, this kind of starts that second half from here. Yeah. And so we'll kind of see what that looks like. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the North Carolina game. 
I, I really wasn't before this Notre Dame game, <laughs> but they showed me enough last night to where I, I do feel better about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I think it'll be, you know, an interesting game. And it, it, what I'm expecting, and hopefully the outcome's a little different, but at that 2009, I don't know if you guys remember, that 2009 Georgia Tech game in Doak, when Christian Ponder had like four or five touchdowns at halftime, but we couldn't get a stop, right? The, the defense just kept giving everything up. We ended up losing the game, I think, 44-39, something along those lines. Um, so I think Mike Norvell needs to be aggressive. I understand taking them three points on the first drive against Notre Dame because – you just want to be the team that scores first when you're a 20 point dog. Um, you have to, unfortunately, uh, you don't want to game plan this, but if you're Mike Norvell, you have to know North Carolina is going to score points. So any fourth down that's 50 50, you kind of have to go for it, you know, because whether you pick it up or not, North Carolina is going to score anyway, you know, whether it's three or seven. Um, I'd want to see improvement from the defense and, we're just going to wait. I'm done predicting the defense is going to magically get better, but we've seen legitimate gradual process with the offense from week one to where we are now with Jordan Travis, because that was a really good Notre Dame defense. I know they had three weeks off, but scoring 26 points, um, you know, getting three touchdowns on that defense, not many teams do it. We talked about Tim O'Malley. He came on our preview show on Thursday and uh, um, he said, Lee, their defensive coordinator, they said the good teams get 14, the great teams get 18, and the everyone else falls you know, below that. Well, we got 26. So, again, a moral victory, I get it. But it's, it's something to build upon, and I'm excited for this offense and what they can be. Yeah, I'm um, looking at this game the same way we looked at Notre Dame last week. I think for us to win this, we're going to have to limit the possessions that UNC has, um, completely keep the ball out of their hands. I don't think their defense is as good as Notre Dame's so. though. We should be able to control the time of possession a little bit better in this game. And we just have to keep the ball out of Sam Howell's hands so that we can give ourselves a great chance of winning. Our best defense is going to have to be a good offense in this game, and that's really what it comes down to. It looks yeah, like Mike think... wants to run the ball, and that's that's the easiest way to do it. So I, I think that's what encouraged me the most. Even when we weren't having a lot of success against Notre Dame running the ball, he kept running it, right? He kept saying, no, this, this is who we're going to be. And this is going to be our identity. And I think it's working. Yeah, he didn't get away from it. He stayed committed to it, whether we trailed or whether we were up, no matter what was kind of going on, he stayed committed to the run. And uh, it worked, you know, it worked at the end of the day. Notre Dame's got a better defense and, and a lot more talent than North Carolina does. Um, and so I think it's going to work against them too. You know, it's can, honestly, it's going to come down to whichever defense um, can get a stop. Right. If we um, if we can get more stops than they can, if we can make less mistakes than they do, um, we're probably going to win the game. If we can't, Sam Howe can go for 400 yards. You know, I mean, that, and that's not a joke. That's, I mean, he absolutely can. I mean, you're over under for his passing yards this week. Richie is going to be super high. Um, so I hope that we uh, I hope that we hit the under of whatever it is by a lot, because uh, if we hit the over, we're probably not going to win the game. You know, so. Defense needs to make a stop. They made some. I'll say that. They made some this week. They forced uh, two three and outs, um, yeah. forced Notre Dame into a field goal, which they missed, got a turnover on the first drive. I, I, you know, they got some stops this week, right? And, and so – on stand, again, I know it's backups and whoever's in there. But as a fan watching – Showed fight, you know, for, man. Since, since, yeah. since 2017, I, I looked at my wife. I'm like, they're going to score here. I know they are. And then – they stop them, get the stop on second, third, and fourth. And I'm, I'm like, I looked at her and, and 
after you know drinking however many beers throughout the day i'm like that's the progress i wanted to see that's that's a team that didn't quit and it sounds silly but they you could tell those players on that final possession there they wanted to get the stop and they they actually took pride in what they were doing everyone may not have played perfect on every play but they, they again they showed pride which is something we haven't seen in in a loss like that in a long time so it, it, loser blood mentality again but it's a huge step forward and i think if this progress keeps happening, fans will be very happy with where this program is three, four years down the line. Yeah, maybe even next year. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, Richie, uh, that Freddie was, right? My stepdad was over. We were watching the game last night. And when we got that stop on fourth down, man, I stood up and cheered. My, yeah. my mom was sleeping in the guest bedroom, like right behind the living room. And I'm like, oh, crap, I probably just woke. But I was, I mean, I was excited about that, you know, because I wanted to, I don't think the players really care about covering a Vegas spread or whatever. I mean, they want to win the game. Right. But if, you know, I don't know, Freddie, Freddie's a sporting man. He he might have kept an eye on that in college. (laughs) Good teams, good teams cover great team or good teams win great teams cover. Right. And on the, on the other side of that, and we didn't win. So I don't think we're a good team, but we kept a, a, a team from being great. Right. Like if you can't, you know, so yeah, I was big on that. You know, at the end of the day, man, we're one play away from that being a one score game and looking like we were in it, right? We were never, well, we were in it first half, but if we don't throw that pick on the goal line, you know, Notre Dame comes out, they move the ball. We run the clock out, you know, like it's kind of the same result. It looks better than it was. And again, moral victory, right? It's still a loss in the column, but get that touchdown instead of that pick there and they make a mistake, then who knows what happens, you know? So I mean, football is weird. So yeah, I mean, I, I was super excited when we got the goal line stand. Um, and can you say that all the time? You see guys, you know, build confidence. You know, there was a lot of confidence built on the offense from the uh, Jacksonville State game. I don't think the defense was great in the second half last night. I think that they benefited from a couple of things, uh, missed field goals, um, Notre Dame taking their foot off the pedal, but to only give up seven points in the second half. I mean, that's hopefully that's something to build confidence with, right? Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to be effort. We're seeing the effort out of the offense. We're not seeing out of the defense, and hopefully that continues to change. So um, any thoughts around that, guys? Any closing thoughts? I mean, I don't think we have a ton more. We're going to talk to Corey, and we've been on for a little over an hour, but any thoughts before we go? No, I'm good. I just I just want to see them take that next step this week. We, we've all been talking about – this team getting that signature win, why not this week? Um, North Carolina, this team, we talked about Notre Dame being overhyped. This North Carolina team is probably the most overhyped team in the country. And we definitely have a chance to beat them if we're firing on all cylinders. And I just need my defense to get a few stops and we give ourselves a chance. And I really I really think if we come out firing like we did last night and defense gets a few more stops, we give ourselves a chance to pull up. So. Yeah, I'm excited um, because no, nobody's going to remember. Well, we will, but, you know, let's say if Mike Norvell works out five years down the line that they're going to show his record against top 10 teams. Well, that's going to be one in the win column. So none of us think North Carolina is one of the 10 best teams in the country. I don't think. I think they're a good college team with a very good college quarterback. But it's a game you have a chance to win. So why not go out and do it? You know, the, the last thing I'll say, I, I'm still pissed off at that damn kicker from North Carolina running down the into the student section, just chopping after he made that 54 yard field goal. Um, I think it was 2016. So it, th- we owe them, we've had some heartbreaking losses to North Carolina. So th- this to me, 
And my old boss is a North Carolina grad. So I'm, I will definitely be in contact with him, but yeah, go out again. This is not asking you to shock the world, so to speak. It's a 10 point spread, right? That's a pick six and it's essentially neutral. Um, I'm excited. I, I look forward to the game. We'll, we'll break it down a lot more on Thursday, but I, I still w- waking up today, thinking back on the game, it sucks. Obviously we lost by more than we would have liked to, but I still do feel encouraged and I'm excited to see where we go from here. These next seven games. We've, uh, we've talked a lot about the ESPN FPI I'll run through them real quick. Um, percentage against North Carolina actually went up. Uh, it was right around 21%, went up to 25 So a little bit of respect there. Percentage against Louisville went way up. It was around 23 It's now at 31 So still a dog there. But, again, a little more love our way. Pittsburgh's actually gone the other way. They're now up to a 59% um, favorite in that game. Uh, NC State has gone the other way. That was like a 50-50 game. It's now 67% to NC State. We are back not back like Miami, but back to being a favorite in the Virginia game. It's back up to 51. And then in the Duke game, who is terrible, uh, they're one and four. Uh, we're at 47. So it's kind of a coin flip um, for the Duke game. I expect, obviously, these change every single week based on yeah. the results that happen. I expect it will be a favorite for that Duke game late in the year, uh, barring some kind of – We'll at least be a Vegas favorite. We know that much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, a little, a little bit more love, a little bit more respect being thrown our way, and I think that's what happens when you look a little more competent against a top five team, right? Against a good Notre Dame team that, um, you know, that's a team that will probably that be was, playing in the ACC championship. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly know what the tiebreakers are, um, but yeah, I think that they have a better chance of winning out than Miami does. Uh, Miami has another know, loss. With, Miami has another loss or two waiting on them. I'm well, that's for to see that day. Miami and that <laughs> Miami and Pitt game this weekend. Uh, really physical game for Miami last week. I think Pitt's defense. The thing is, I think Pitt's defense will hold him down, and then Miami will win it late because I, I just don't. Pitt has no offense at all. No. So yeah, they can't. You know, Miami will break like a, a couple long runs on them, and that'll be it. But, um, but I hope not. I hope Pitt wins. Um, man, again, thank you so much to Guthrie's for their partnership over these first couple of months. I'm going to continue to work with them and super excited about that. Um, If you're watching this, listening to it, check out both their locations at 2550 North Monroe and 1818 West Tennessee Street in Tallahassee. They've also got locations in Tampa, Ohio, Kentucky, uh, Auburn, Alabama, other locations in Alabama, Atlanta. Um, Check them out if you're in any of that region and go get you a gut box, double fries on slaw. If you could share this, retweet it, like it, tag a friend, um, comment on it, post it in groups, send it to your group chats, have everybody click on it for at least 30 seconds to listen so that it pops the numbers up. <laughs> uh, listen a couple of times if, if you've you got some time. You know they have Guthrie's and gas stations, TJ? I didn't. So my, my buddy who lives in Atlanta, like I don't know if you can see, but like he sent me this, and that's a Guthrie's logo at the bottom of the gas station. I can't see it. Oh, but man, shoot it's... it to me. Yeah, I'll shoot it to you. Maybe that's where that one in Atlanta is. Remember, that's what. Um... No, no, no. It's it's not that one for sure. But yeah, it was hilarious. He's like, I saw this at a gas station. He says, "Hey, found a random Guthrie's between Canton and Ball Ground, Georgia." I so. see one here in Canton, <laughs> but I don't know if it's like the real one or not. I don't know what the. What the I'm clicking. I, I don't know that area at all. He he lives there. He just sent it to me. So shout out to Shane. He, um, Good buddy and big Florida State basketball fan. He likes football too, but he's a basketball guy. 
Um, so I'm excited for this week. I don't think we have anything scheduled uh, this week uh, outside of Thursday, but um, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash double fries pod, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitter, all those things are all double fries pod. So check them out. Um, you guys have any shout outs before we get out of here? Good. I don't think today. Um, shout out LA shout out Richie's buddy that was on the pod the other night. He said that the mob of jerseys were going to jinx us. I think it was really more Danny green shooting that jinxed us because, um, you know, jerseys really don't impact that unless you ask Tarif. Um, but shout out, um, Richie's buddy who got to see his team win another game and shout out the Lakers who hopefully close this crap out tonight so I can rest easy and not be stressed out about a game seven. If we lose tonight, man, game seven gets weird. I'll just say that. Um, it's the bubble, man. It's the bubble. Things get weird in the bubble. At the, where the, at the Motel 6 where these players are staying, right? Yeah, they're staying. You know where they're staying? They're staying at like the Coronado or something. Like it's like the bet. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. unreal. No, um, I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. Richie's been there, man. He's rich as hell. Um, all right. Oh. <laughs> uh, somebody take us out with the song. I was going to do it if we won, but I'm not picking a song until we win. So it might be a whole other year. We'll see. Right. Freddie, I'll, I'll let you take this one. Oh, I'm gonna go with Boss Friends by Plus. Yeah. All right, Harlan, play us out. Oh, shout out Harlan. Harlan, can I say this? Can I say this on the air? Is that fine? Harlan got engaged oh. this weekend uh, or on Friday. <laughs> popped the question to his lady. Uh, so shout out Harlan. Uh, Let's go. Luck to you guys. Don't do it. Don't. Do um, it. No, do it, bro. That second no, income is nice. Um, <laughs> um, but shout out Harlan and your lady. Um, all right, now play some. Young man on the track. All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really trip from out the lawsuit. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some all brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really trip from out the lawsuit. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some all brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? My little whole team got a bankroll. Huh? We don't vibe with y'all, y'all some lame old. Huh? We don't want it low, we want to smoke on. Huh? Ain't nobody violating, ain't nobody gon' die. We don't ball over, we some roll rocks. Yeah, we got a bad, we want more money. Huh? Count money, swearing with the do B. I don't leave the house without a cannon on me. All of my friends, we some bosses. Yeah, we ain't really tripping about the losses. Yeah, ever put a bang on, we gon' pop it. We gon' run it up and ain't nobody gon' stop it. Yeah. All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really tripping about the losses. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some more brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really tripping about the losses. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some more brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? I'm a boss since you know it. Make a pussy wet when I talk, I'm a boy. Fuck around and shoot like my name Black, go get a roll. I had to run off on my plug like I would plow that nigga over. She's in the attic, go pick up the pound, my bitch is soldier. My bitch a boss, these other bitches talk. They think they know it. My wrist, it costs a hundred thousand dollars. I ain't joking, you can call yourself a boss if you ain't went and bought a rolling nigga. Ah. All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really tripping out the losses. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some all brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? All of my friends, I got boss friends. Huh? We ain't really tripping out the losses. Huh? We don't deal with y'all, y'all some all brand. We can buy the hitters that we want real talk, man. Huh? I'm again here in a two 
six-seater, huh? Being all a nigga and a white beater, huh? Your baby mama currently got my thumb in her butt. Told her I'ma put her out of show, make me nut. I can count a meal, nigga, 30 minutes, huh? Around club one, oh, you gon' know I'm in it, huh? A product of my environment, so bitch, I'm thuggin'. I'ma fuck up me a bag every day, and ain't nothing. My brother, he a boss, too, huh? My bitch, she a boss, too, huh? Whole gang, they a boss, too. Real boss, and who are those the boss? And I have boss.